Hello, this is a thinger. I'm going to talk into it. That looks right. <clears throat> All right. Mo, me, me, my, mo. Goo, ba, doo, ba, doo, doo. How you doing? Giant robots smashing into other giant robots. Hello, everybody, and welcome to the Giant Robots Smashing Into Other Giant Robots podcast. I'm Ben. And I'm Chris. And we're going to be talking about the products that we manage at ThoughtBot. I run an app called FormKeep, which provides form backends for designers and developers. And I, Chris, run Upcase, our subscription learning platform for aspiring web developers. It's been a month. It has been a month. I can't believe you let me not talk to you for a month i can't believe i have talked talked i mean that's true once or twice in passing but not formally not in a recorded fashion not in a way that will be shared with the world let's never do that again wow okay let's never not talk for a month (laughs) sign me up for never not doing that again cool so yeah we didn't talk for a month that was lame that was lame but we have we should have a good amount of things to talk about we have a bunch of stuff to talk about yeah you uh want to start sure okay so what have you been doing? Some good, some not so good, some okay. other good. Uh, we can kind of do a tour of all of it. Uh, this will probably be a little more, uh, a little less in depth than we typically go because we've got a month to talk about okay. in, yeah. uh, in the similar amount of radio time. But mm-hmm. uh, here we go. So stuff that I did. Uh, I brought on a new colleague onto the project. So Gabe Burke Williams is now uh, on the Upcase project. He is full time working alongside me, and that is awesome. Uh, so particularly, Gabe is uh, working in our San Francisco office, so he's the first non-Boston person. Technically, Gabe has uh, worked in the Boston office for a while, but moved mm-hmm. out to San Francisco. Mm-hmm. And he became available. We were talking about bringing another person on, so I said, Gabe. i got to tell you, I'm excited for you. Thank you. <laughs> I think Gabe is a really good addition. Gabe is excellent. I think he and I uh, make a good team in a similar way to you and I have kind of overlapping and different skill sets. Uh, Gabe and I have a similar kind of Venn diagram going on, and uh, if nothing else, his... Attention to detail and newness have been amazing. He mm-hmm. came into the project, which is like, hey, is that written down? How, how do you know what to do there? Mm-hmm. What, what tells you to do this or that? How do you know where that is documented? Uh, so there's been a lot of process-oriented thinking and mm-hmm. documentation and, automa- <clears throat> and automating and... Automation. Automation and automating and lots of great stuff like that. And in general, it's uh, been great to have someone to work with. There were a few weeks in there where there was no one else on Upcase. It was a lonely place. Mm-hmm. Uh, just me and myself for a good portion of February. Supporting how many customers? Like 1,300 or something? Uh, customers? Active customers is somewhere... If you count the teams and all of that extendedness, we have around 15, 1,571. Actually, I know the exact number because I uh, just synchronized systems today and got to check that <laughs> okay uh 1571 active people in our world that right have help requests and so that plus and content production plus keeping the site running and all that so that's a lot all the things it's a lot of stuff uh things kind of slowed down during the period that it was just me and additionally i actually went out to san francisco for a full week to work with gabe get him up to speed mm-hmm. uh basically just work alongside him and so he and i were doing support together we were working on content together uh even a little bit of coding within the app uh, basically just giving him exposure to everything and doing a little bit more face-to-face time because that's very useful. Uh, now it's it's interesting. So there's definitely a purposeful goal of getting someone not in the Boston office onto the Upcase project. Right. Uh, and the thinking behind that is just let's let's uh, spread the fun. Let's let other people uh, in other offices join in. And so particularly, I saw that Gabe was available. I've worked with Gabe before. I know that he and I have a good rapport. So I was pretty excited about that. But uh, it is interesting working with someone with a three-hour time shift. Yeah. Three hours very specifically is kind of this uh, rough time where he gets in in the morning, but then I'm just going on lunch. And then I come back from lunch, and mm. soon after he goes to lunch, and then I go on coffee walk, and then he... And there's kind of these natural breaks in our day that uh, there's very little... 
uh, th there's enough, and I think Gabe and I can work well within this, uh, but it does mean being kind of purposeful about the overlapping time that we do have. Mm -hmm. uh, but overall, great. I'm so happy to have him on the project. Uh, so happy to have someone else on the project in general. Yeah, I'm yeah. curious how it's going to be to have that remote person. Even if you're in the same time zone, that just adding that remote factor definitely it has an impact. It definitely does. Um, so there's definitely an aspect that we have to work towards that. Uh, I'm trying to frame it in my mind as this is a constraint, but in the sense that constraints can be helpful mm -hmm. and can kind of uh, impose deadlines and impose a little bit of structure around mm -hmm. the day. Whereas before, like you and I, I literally could just kind of like crane my neck up and see you across the room. Mm -hmm. And that immediacy, the ability to kind of uh, interrupt each other, in a way, I actually, I really value that when working with someone, but it also is it's an also interruption. It's also the worst. <laughs> it is. Uh, and like you personally wear uh, earplugs when you're working. So you're like, no, no, I, I kind of want my space. Mm -hmm. So I tried to respect that, but that immediacy has its its benefits, its drawbacks. Yep. So we will see how this goes. But so far, Gabe's actually been on the project uh, a full month, actually, the, basically the entire month that you and I haven't talked. Gabe has been on the project, uh, and it's been great. Hmm. Do you feel like if you had to pay uh, ThoughtBot consulting rates for Gabe, do you feel like you've gotten like 30K or what, 25K? How much do we charge these days? 7,000 a week, maybe? Uh, somewhere in that range, yeah. yeah. Uh, $28,000 of work happened? Yeah, man, that's a big number. Uh, yes. Yeah, because when you, know, when you look at it, you can't just say, uh, you know, this is kind of the value-based pricing versus cost-based pricing. Mm -hmm. uh, really hard to look at it from just a pure cost perspective, but he's able to support the running of this operation that makes enough money to cover both of our salaries, plus Tom's, plus our marketing team, plus a few other things. Mm -hmm. So in that sense, yes. And he's helped free me up to think about some things a little bit differently, to move stuff forward. He's helped me focus and I think bring a good bit more process and structure to Upcase than there has historically been. So, uh, and we'll come to this a little bit later, I'm not super jazzed about where we are right now, specifically with uh, regard to some of the numbers, but I'm really excited about where we are from a process standpoint and from mm -hmm. turning this into a real business that can hopefully keep growing. We'll see how that goes, but mm -hmm. that's, that's the thinking. So yes, Gabe has definitely brought the value. That's good. And it's hardest to bring the value now in a way because he still has, he's paying the ramp up costs. He's paying the ramp up costs. We're also further into the life of the project. So there's... I'd say less low-hanging fruit now. Right. It's, it's more kind of supportive things, but that's the work that needs to be done. And uh, right, yeah. exactly. It's not so. If it were greenfield, there's nothing to. There's not that much to know. Well, there's no. There's no like huge body of context that you yep. need to get in your head. There is the context of you know what are we building and for whom and why and all mm -hmm. that. But this upcase has that plus you know thousands of lines of code and a Git server and a bunch of customers and all kinds of things. Yep. Lots of like legacy decisions and all that. Yeah, a whole lot. Lots of different people have made lots of different decisions over the history of this application. Mm -hmm. It's been fun. Yeah. But yeah, so my uh, TLDR on that, it's great. Cool. Super excited about it. Excellent. Uh, so let's talk briefly about the monies because I hint hinted at this a moment ago. Okay. Uh, we across basically the last month have seen a slight dip in MRR, okay. uh, which is not great. We had been doing really solidly basically any given period I could look at. There were some small fluctuations in there, but generally we were going up. Uh, and this is the first time that I've seen any sort of significant dip or flatline. So we kind of peaked up at the beginning of the 30-day period, and then we started to trail down. And the past about two and a half weeks have been a slow kind of decline. Uh, nothing major. We're still up. We're still up relative, you know, some uh, past times. So 
in general, I remain hopeful on this front. But it is, you know, it's it's one of those things where I look at the numbers each day and I'm like, uh, I probably shouldn't look at the numbers each day for one. Mm-hmm. Uh, we've talked about that before. But also, I, I think the bigger question is, is this just fluctuation? Is this just noise in the system? Mm-hmm. Or are we approaching one of the plateaus, one of the dynamic equilibrium points that are inherent to SaaS and subscription-based models? Mm. And I don't know. It's a hard question to answer. Mm-hmm. Uh, but that would be the concern, is that there's some fundamental limitation in basically the the mathematics of our system that we're leveling out at. Mm. Uh, and so if that's true, then with no changes, we're going to stay at this number, roughly 34,000 MRR. Mm-hmm. We're just going to kind of stick there. We'll add new people and we'll lose new people. And that will about even out every month and we'll stay around that number. Mm-hmm. Uh, in order to fix that, assuming that's the case, we would need to either increase the number of people visiting the site, increase the conversion rate of those people, or decrease the churn rate. Right. Those are all things that I want to do. Or charge more. Or charge more. Which is the easiest one of those, by the way. That is. <laughs> well, I mean, historically, no, we charge. the other numbers, though. So. <laughs> yeah. So looking at the specifics of it, I did dig in a little bit. Uh, and it is basically a combination of we saw a few more cancellations than normal. And okay. we saw a few less signups than normal over the past two weeks, two and a half weeks, kind of consistently through. Mm-hmm. There don't seem to be any kind of more systematic. We're not seeing significantly less traffic or significantly less conversions. It's just kind of a perfect storm of all of those numbers just swapping uh, kind of a positive ratio to a negative ratio. Mm-hmm. Okay. Um, but it's interesting. I'll certainly keep an eye on it, as you can imagine, Yep. Uh, and report back. But I'm hopeful that we'll uh, that this is just kind of a lull and we'll pop out of it. And we also have some more systematic things planned uh, around all of those elements, conversion and traffic and uh, retention. Yeah. And how two, two weeks to me feels like maybe a little early to be like too worried about it. Uh, yeah, I'm trying to tell myself that. I'm trying to look back and see similar shapes in the graph and say like, okay, but we popped out of that one. Right. Um, but the other thing is, it, it sounds like maybe there's not a lot of, like the growth is not so strong that it can go down a bit and still keep growing. Right. Like if you're growing at 20% month over month, like you could lose, you know, a handful of percent and, it be, and still keep growing. Yes. But like the, the margins are kind of thin at this point. And so yep. if, if a couple things go the wrong way and a couple things, you know, don't happen, then it's like, okay, now we're flat again. Yes. So it's either, uh, there's basically a distribution, I guess you could say, around this. And so at the best case of that distribution, we're growing at a little over, somewhere around 1,500 a month in MRR. And at the worst case right now, we're something like that. Yeah. And at the the lower end of that, I think, is what we're seeing now. This Mm -hmm. is the worst case where all the numbers kind of flip and go the other way Mm -hmm. within their relative uh, distributions. Mm -hmm. Then we'll see a little bit of loss in MRR. Uh, and I believe if you were to draw that as kind of a box around a mean, we're at the low end of that, and I'm hoping that things will be good. But you're right that if we had better overall numbers, then we would be able to withstand this sort of fluctuation without that causing us to lose MRR. Mm-hmm. But you know that and that would be nice, right? But that would be great. <laughs> Not that, that's a helpful observation, exactly. For I you. should uh, I should probably do all the things that I have planned that will improve all of these numbers, or that I hope will improve all of these numbers. Yeah. So the thing for me is, um, I am seeing higher churn, and mm-hmm. I think we haven't looked at churn or haven't put a ton of effort into churn. We've been working a lot on the. Uh, conversion and actual traffic. Those are really where we've been focusing. Mm -hmm. I have a little bit more work that's pretty clear that I want to finish out on that end, uh, kind of the the top of the funnel. But there's definitely a body of work in churn prevention that we want to do. And activation, engagement, retention, all of those kind of elements uh, have not seen as much love over the past, say, six months, maybe even a year. 
Are you seeing roughly the same reasons that people cancel? Like, are they saying the same stuff? Yep. Mostly don't have enough time? Mostly don't have enough time, which I then internally rewrite as we didn't engage them. We didn't show them the next easy thing that they could do to keep growing as a coder. One thing that is heartening is that most people, when they leave, are very positive, saying like, hey, content is great. This is some of the best stuff on the internet. Uh, Really love what you guys are doing here, but sorry, I just haven't been able to use it as much as I wanted to. So... You're gonna, I'm sure you're, you're probably tired of me saying this, uh, and it's it's an overly simplified view of the world. But if that's true, then can you just charge more money for it and make more money based on that? Like if if we hold the other things constant of like, okay, people mostly kind of don't actually have time, and so they stick around for three to five to six months, yep. and then that's about all that they can give to it. But everyone's saying that the content is the best on the internet. Yeah. Then like, can you find a way to charge people a lot more and and get them to stay for five months and make it you know? I think maybe teams. Teams seem like a great way to charge a bunch more money. Yeah. Uh, I'm a little bit gun shy on charging more mm-hmm. because of the history that we have. So we had a 99 and higher uh, plan in the past, mm-hmm. and we seem to hit a plateau with that. And we were kind of stuck there for a while. So then the decision was made to switch it up, and now we're at roughly a $29 a month plan. Mm-hmm. That's a pretty significant shift. And the hope was that that would open us up to a whole other tier of the market. Yeah, That did seem to happen, but then we seemed to kind of hit another plateau we are working through that now from conversion and SEO and all that fun stuff and seem to be going a little bit further. So it, in my mind, we've kind of tested that higher price point And we s- basically, I think we have data at 99 that says that's a little bit high. A lot of people just won't commit to that. You and I also ran a test, just an A-B test of mm-hmm. $49 a month. Mm-hmm. And that performed very poorly, mm-hmm. um, holding everything else constant as far as we could. Mm-hmm. So there are those data points that lead me to believe that even though people are saying the content is great, I really appreciate that. Mm-hmm. That 49 or $99 price point for a lot of people is just a non-starter. Mm. Even if they say this is great stuff and I get why this would be useful to me, they don't kind of project into the future and say, this is a way for me to make more money and all of those wonderful things that I wish uh, everyone would think when they see Upcase. Yeah. I wouldn't put too much faith in the fact that it used to cost 99 and we yep. topped out. Like The product is vastly different than it used to be. This is true. Um, so I think what was used to be true is not necessarily still true. I agree that 99 is a high price point. I, you may actually be able to do some interesting like judo here <laughs> and be like, it's not $99 a month. It's 599 for yes. a six-month semester. Yep, uh, or something like that, and be like, "Oh yeah, well, it's a course, and so courses are about six hundred bucks, right. and you're doing the same thing, which is like basically tripling the price, but it actually feels like totally reasonable to people." Of the two, that one's definitely more interesting to me. Uh, I still feel like I have enough ammunition right now with the work that we're doing that I want to kind of push through a bunch of things, but that seems like something that definitely should be considered a little bit down the road. I don't know how far a little bit is, mm-hmm. uh, but there's three, enough stuff that's three good. months from wherever you are currently. Uh, for any Forever. given end. Yeah, yeah, always. Yeah, I like that. N plus um, three months. But the idea of kind of a, a one-time purchase, that maps to some of the value propositions that I've heard people talk to in, in the site. Even, so. even recurring, honestly. Like, we charge you... <laughs> no, seriously. I mean, like, just yeah. like, you know, we'll give you plenty of notice, but it's... Yeah, I mean, every I guess six there's months. no reason not to make it recurring. Totally. It's like, we, we charge by the half year, and we do it every six months, and, you know, whatever. Or sure. something. I don't know. And, and right, like it's like okay, there's the the appeal of upcase is like ah, or the appeal of recurring revenue is like hey, we can we get more every, more every month, and we're going to grow it and everything. But if we can't grow it to a certain point, and the churn's yep. killing us, and a product like upcase actually might make more sense as a one-off thing, given yep. how people use it. Yes, you could see people like like it could be that the twenty nine dollars a month turns people off because they're like, well, this is like I want to like do some of this learning and then go away right. or something. Like it, just, it might not map to how they think of it. Yeah, the phrase consume the content is one that gets used. Yeah. And that, 
uh, it's kind of, it's, it's a, uh, it's a thing. It is what's said. It's probably not the right mindset to be in, but it is a very common mindset. And I think I've used it talking about other systems, my system, I want to be special, but everybody else right. says I consume that content. So, but so like uh, Upcase came from workshops, right? So like we used to charge $900 or $800 or a thousand dollars for an online version of these workshops yes. that like, I think are not as good as they are today. We're not as good as they are today. Yeah. The content is revisitable in ways that it wasn't historically. And yeah. there's, there's some stuff that I'm real proud of in there. Right. Um, so and, and that was, that came from packaging it as a course, yep. right? It was like, this is a four week course on learning test driven rails development. Mm-hmm. It costs a thousand dollars. But like, yeah, courses cost about a thousand dollars. Yeah. And now it's like 40 courses Yep. and it's 30 bucks. Yep. So it just it just could be uh, that's what I mean by the judo is like you might be able to just like take the same stuff and call it a, a slightly different thing and change the pricing and charge way more and have people actually be more into it. Yeah. Can I ask you a favor, Ben? Yes. Can you be the voice of that continuing forward because that's a terrifying <laughs> prospect that I'm probably going to avoid for a long time, but if you keep asking me about it on a radio show that we host on the internet, I might just consider it. I could Yeah, I mean, I could. Uh, but I mean, if if it really does scare you, then I would encourage you to like try a test, you know, like A/B test something. It's a big A-B test. Uh, Even thinking about like how to structure that because it's such a different value proposition with roughly the same deliverable at the end of the day. And then otherwise, do I have to write code? Do I package it up? Do people just download? Anyway. It's not not a simple thing for sure. It's a big change. uh, But also, I don't think you should be scared. Scared's the wrong word. Yeah. It's it's big, and there are a lot of smaller, clear things in front of me, and I'm going to reach for those for a while. And so my yeah. ask to you is, can you keep being the voice of this bigger, potentially you know, sure. Hail Mary type thing? Totally. And I think I think that mindset would be... I think the, the thing that... The, the, kind of the reason I'm asking that is because, getting back to where I was like, wouldn't it be nice if there actually were just so much growth that you could absorb a gr- drop? And so if you try 50 small things and the needle doesn't really move... Like maybe try a couple big things and just see what happens. Like yeah. that, that might be the thing that gets you 20% growth or 10% growth or whatever. Yeah. Uh, that thinking is excellent. And I want to keep that in the back of my mind. But mm-hmm. I actually want to come back to the thing you said earlier, which is like two and a half weeks of a plateau. Maybe we're calling it a little too early. Yeah, sure. So I'm going to keep an eye on it. Uh, we'll report back next week. We'll see how it's going. Yeah. I am hopeful that we can actually pop out of this. We've seen some nice continuous growth for a number of months. I believe we can get back to that, especially with some of the efforts we're going to do. Mm-hmm. But longer term, even if stuff does continue growing, that's an interesting way to think about it. So. Yeah. Yes, I will continue to harass you about that. Awesome. Because as usual, deal here. I want you to change prices and raise them and all that. <laughs> uh, moving on, a couple other things, and I'll try and move quickly because uh, time flies. Uh, email cleanup. Uh, finally, just kind of bit the bullet and did some of the synchronization work that I need to do. So the first name, which Upcase understands very well, is now being shared out throughout the other systems. So when I send emails, I can reference someone's first name. Mm. Uh, this came particularly, I got an email from someone and it said, hey there, and then a bunch of stuff. And I was like, come on, be personal. You know my name. Um, so I made that change within our system. I also made it so that when you cancel, we know that in our external systems. So Upcase, of course, knows that because Stripe says, hey, they officially do not have a subscription anymore via a webhook. But then that information kind of died in Upcase. Mm -hmm. The only time we ever identified people was when they were signed in. It was basically a JavaScript event that would fire off. Right. uh, As well as there's some server-side stuff as well in case there's content blockers, all that good stuff. Uh, But now when that Stripe webhook fires, we synchronize that out to all the other systems. So basically just said update this person's information throughout segment and kind of send it out into the world. Cool. Minor cleanup, but something that makes me happy because now I can better segment all of the groups out in my many different email systems. Mm -hmm. So that's a plus. 
Um, it's surprising how hard it is to keep that state consistent across a whole bunch of tools. It's uh, it's it's a real soupy mess, is how I'll describe it. Yeah. Uh, but we're getting better. We continually are getting better. I have this kind of grand vision of what it looks like down the road, and I'm incrementally heading towards that and really happy about the progress that we've made there. Mm-hmm. Uh, an anecdote about email that happened. So every Friday we send out an email that says, hey, subscribers, we just released a weekly iteration. It's on this topic. It's great. You should watch it. The emails see okay engagement, I guess, but one week Tom was leaving, so I had to send this email. For some reason, I'm terrible at sending these emails, and I always get something wrong. In this particular case, I forgot to change the subject, so I copied over the previous week's email, changed the body. Mm-hmm. In Intercom, there's a title for an email, which is just an internal name that they apply to it. It's uh, not the subject, so the subject remained the same. So mm-hmm. I was sending out an email about REST, R-E-S-T, the acronym. But it said in the subject, intro to SSH, which was the email that everyone had received seven days prior. Mm-hmm. Lots of people hopped on Twitter, told me about this. Uh, lots of people posted in the forum, replied to the email, went into the help it up case uh, thing, which is perfectly fine. It was a mistake. I was happy to hear that. There wasn't much for me to do. The interesting thing is that video saw almost 3x the engagement uh, that any other one did. That's funny. So the takeaway for me there is that people are kind of numb to those weekly emails. Uh, They're not grabbing their attention. They're not engaging people. And yet when, for some reason, their attention was called to it because of a typo, basically, or because of a mistake, they were three times as likely. Very specifically, they downloaded the video, though. They didn't go watch it. They went and downloaded it. So they wanted, they were like, oh, yeah, you know what? I, I will watch a video about rest, but it took getting them past that kind of blindness to those weekly emails in order to get them to engage with it. Hmm. Weird, interesting little data point. I was very surprised by how it went. Looking back on it, I'm like, all right, that kind of makes sense. So we have some thoughts about how to uh, improve those emails, and that's all part of the bigger retention uh, engagement, all that stuff, because these, this is good weekly content that we're sending out. It's at the same level as any of the course videos, mm-hmm. uh, but I don't think people are necessarily viewing it in that way. So that's that's my failing. I have to fix that. Hmm. Have some thoughts. We'll talk more about those in the future, but that's a fun little anecdote. Mm-hmm. I enjoyed that. Yeah. So we talked about some stuff that I was happy about, then some stuff that I was slightly less happy about. Now the thing that I'm very happy about, which is content, lots and lots of content going on. Active Record course is launched. Hey, congrats. Took some time, obviously. Been talking about this on the podcast uh, for a while. Even got heckled at stand-up one morning. I saw that. Uh, And I think everyone was right to kind of keep put, like, why isn't this launched yet? But it is launched now. We're in the marketing phase of that, and we can come back and talk a little bit about that. Um, But that's basically work to be done right now. But we've also recorded the next course. So I had a colleague, Tyson Gatch, uh, from our New York office. He's a designer there and also the maintainer of the Bourbon Project. He came to Boston for a week. Got to hang out. Everybody got to spend some time with him, which is great and one of kind of the fringe benefits of Upcase and being able to kind of cross-pollinate between offices. Mm -hmm. Uh, But we recorded, I think it was six videos for that trail. We also have some exercises. Uh, One of the really nice things is because I'm clearer about what a course looks like now, we were able to be more purposeful with the outlines that we were writing, the exercises. And this is where I uh, I commit to something on a radio show that I should never commit to, and now it's going to take like four months to release it. It's a podcast, actually. Yeah, it's close enough. It's an internet radio show. Sure. Podcast. Uh, I think we should be able to turn this around in basically very short order. Uh, ideally, this would be something like six weeks, and that's ideally in the sense of I want to give each course some time to breathe, some time to be marketed. Hmm. But now I think we're in a position to do that with this next course, which is awesome. Six weeks from today, you think you could Six weeks it? from the previous launch. The previous launch okay. was at this point a week ago when this airs. I don't know how time works, but... Hmm. 
uh, six weeks from the so basically between course launches mm-hmm. that will be six weeks hmm. okay uh, we have another recording scheduled for next Friday so that will get another course locked in I'm excited about that one uh, and then we have some more thoughts even moving forward so I'm really happy with me moving into a role as more kind of content director mm-hmm. which is one of the things we've loosely talked about here but actually just kind of getting the work done so the six weeks is not because it takes six weeks to make the course it's because you want to leave time between the releases uh it's it's kind of a combination but if i if i were to think of the ideal schedule to be releasing this content it's somewhere on the order of a month to six weeks Mm -hmm. uh it's not shorter than that because i don't feel like we need to be releasing a new full-length course every week or even every two weeks Uh, i want to give it time to breathe i want to market it and make sure we're not being uh kind of using up our marketing channels too aggressively and also it it does take a while to produce these so historically we've seen something like six months between them or four months in the best case right uh if we can get it down to six weeks or even a month that's amazing there's an interesting i think i'm sure i brought this up before but there's an interesting thing which is like the people that are canceling most often say they didn't have time Mm -hmm. and so more content actually makes that probably worse Potentially, I I continue to look at the I don't have time thing as we didn't give you enough clarity into the content. So there is also work going on thinking about how we better clarify uh, what each course is about, how they relate to each other. Mm -hmm. That's a bigger project that's still a little bit unclear in my head, but it's something that I'm thinking about. Yeah. But we also do from time to time here, like right now, Rails. We're not exactly where I want to be with Rails. Mm -hmm. Uh, And it's in theory, you know, it's a site about becoming a great Rails dev, or at least historically, that was more its origin. But we have some work going on to kind of flesh that out. And Rails, we're going to be great there. Similarly, design is a little bit lacking. JavaScript's a little bit lacking. So there are some areas, I guess I was not complete in my summary earlier about the things that people are saying. There are some cases where it's, sure, you're lacking JavaScript, you're lacking design, et cetera. Yeah. If I don't have time really is kind of a shortcut for, like, I didn't find a clear way to get value, then... Like if, if some of that's like overwhelm mm-hmm. or like inability to find the thing they're looking for, then then more content won't necessarily yeah. help those people, right? Yep, you definitely make a good point. Uh, I guess, so my excitement is less about we're going to make a ton of content. It's about, uh, I feel like we have figured out and produced processes around making this content. So where historically we're like, no, you know what? We need a Git course. And then, I don't know, six and a half months later, we had a Git course live. Mm-hmm. I feel like we're closing up that gap aggressively. So when we identify the content that's needed, we can get to it more quickly. Nice. But you're definitely right that there is a bunch of work around sequencing, I guess is the term that I would use, mm. uh, or identifying and helping people find, oh, this is the thing that I need to watch today. Right. Yeah. I, I, to, actually, the, the something that would probably be worth doing is looking at the people that say they don't have, they didn't have time mm-hmm. and seeing how much stuff they actually did. Yep. Like, did they like kind of scratch the surface barely and then kind of decide they didn't have time? Yep. Or did they actually watch a ton of stuff and now they really just don't have time? Yeah. So, I mean, uh, one particular, I, I have done that in a few cases, and one that stands out is our intermediate rails course, mm-hmm. which is kind of one of the flagships. It's one of the things that Upcase slash Learn was sort of launched on. It mm-hmm. was one of those original workshops, like you mentioned. Uh, but at this point, it's uh, on Rails 3. It's a slightly different format than what we have. It just doesn't feel the same as the other content. Mm-hmm. And I'm seeing people that cancel and say, like, hey, your Rails stuff is out of date. Mm-hmm. So that's one of the courses that's actually in work right now is a, a refresher of that. Mm-hmm. And that's to try and handle that particular thing. But the general idea that you have of looking at what people are uh, watching or engaging with and seeing seeing if we can kind of map that out. And there's some of that work. There's more of that to be done. And that's part 
when I kind of transition over to the later stages of the funnel, that's definitely a big piece of what I plan to be doing there. And that's, for the record, something very soon, not something way off in the distance. Cool. So yeah, but nonetheless, excited about the fact that we're kind of moving on content. I think that's a great way to bring in a new audience. We can you know blog about it and talk about it. And it's like, oh, you know what? Now that they have this advanced active record course, maybe I'll give Upcase a try. Mm-hmm. Um, so in a marketing sense, I think it's great. Pretty happy about all of that. Did you see any bumps from the marketing efforts for the active record stuff? Like there was a blog post? Uh, the blog post brought in a few, not a ton, but right now I'm basically at the start of that marketing, not at the end of it. Okay. So there's a bunch of things on a list that I want to do. And that's also part of the work here is identifying what are the successful marketing techniques for a course launch. Totally. So uh, next week, actually, one of the things that I have on my list is a bunch of marketing for active record outreach, Twitter. Uh, actually, mostly it's figuring out what that is, but then it's doing it and then uh, trying to kind of document what worked, what didn't work as well. We now have a process document for producing a trail, like post-production, nice. one for launching the trail, and we have an in-work pull request to our process repo about marketing a trail. Excellent. So the idea is that we will have machinery and kind of pre-thought out ideas on all of this mm-hmm. uh, for each of the next ones to come. Cool. Sounds healthy. So I think that's probably enough for me. Uh, okay. It's an interesting time in the life of Upcase, but uh, I, I remain positive and excited. Cool. Excellent. How about you, Ben? What have you been up to? It's been a month. Uh, so we launched our new pricing. Exciting. Yes. Can I go to FormKeep and see it now? Yeah, totally. I'm going to do that. Although awkwardly, I think you have to be in an incognito window to see our landing page. I tend to do that anyway. Or you can go to your account page and there's a payment tab and blah, blah, blah. So yeah, so we have we have tiered pricing, which I'm really excited about. Four tiers, uh, four tiers plus a hidden secret tiny tier at the bottom. I can see. Money. Yeah, I, I knew to look for it. Uh, so Upcase has been or Formkeep has been growing fairly well. Like we're at about five percent month over month, nice. and have been for a little while for for at least a quarter now, uh, which is like not great, but it's better than like the the roughly flat that it was before. Mm-hmm. And so I was a little bit. I wanted to make sure I didn't screw that up. And so I kept our lowest, uh, like you can have one form for nine bucks a month. You can still do that. Mm-hmm. Uh, but it's de-emphasized. So we basically, we have a plan grid now of the four like main emphasized plans. And that one starts at 19. Uh, currently, the only thing that differentiates a plan is the number of forms you can have on it. So three forms for 19 bucks, 10 forms for 59 bucks, 30 forms for 100 bucks, hmm. and onward. And eventually, I want to change that. Partly the reason... The, so. That's not great. That's suboptimal because there's nothing in the higher tiers to draw you up other than more forms. I eventually would like to move to a thing where we have differentiating features, like maybe um, you can't remove branding until you pay us a certain amount, or we have that clear bit stuff that I want to expose to the world, and maybe priority support or other things that are useful to people. If I remember, we were having a conversation in a previous podcast, and there was something that stood out as a differentiator for kind of the business tier plan. Something about Zapier hooks or something like that. Yes. Was it that one? Um, yes. Uh, well, see, I don't know for sure if that's a business thing or not. Mm-hmm. Many people describe Zapier as being a really killer feature for them. Mm-hmm. I don't know if that differentiates business use versus personal use necessarily. Mm. But I, have to, I haven't looked into it. But so uh, I, I don't want to keep this situation where the, the things are like this forever, but it makes it a lot easier for me to grandfather people, handle the grandfather situation. So eventually we are going to move everybody over to the new plans. Mm-hmm. And I also want them to be able to migrate to them early if they want. And so I didn't want to deal with people. Basically, I'm about to email some people and say, hey, you were previously doing pay what you want. 
some people are literally paying us a dollar a month, uh, actually over a hundred people, a hundred customers. Um, and like now your lowest price point is $9 a month. I didn't also want to remove features at the same time. Right. It's kind of already sense. like, guess what? Your thing is now nine times as expensive. Yeah. I mean, those are the people I'm actually least concerned with. Right. And uh, just but, as a, a quick thing there, it, it sounds as though that's kind of a constraint that you've applied to this thinking, but you could grandfather them into anything you want, right? Yes. So you wouldn't necessarily need to have that limit what you put onto here. In the sense of like, it sounds like that was a concern about uh, removing features or having features exist at tiers, not mm -hmm. just form count. Mm -hmm. But my thinking is with that group, they're already in, you can handle them specifically. They can be kind of, I guess you might have to do custom code for that. And that's the concern. Uh, yeah, I didn't want to have more plans, like secret plans that have mm -hmm. different features sure. that are not exposed. Like we have the functionality for that, but I'm trying to go towards simpler first. Right. Because there's actually like three pricing models existing that exist simultaneously in FormKeep now. And I really want to get down to one before I start making it more complicated. Right. I like to delete some code before I add even more code. Deleting code is fun. Uh, so yeah, so so my grandfathering plan is we're going to send an email pretty soon to people, uh, to, to customers and say, hey, uh, these are the new pricing tiers. In 60 days, we're going to move you over. You're paying X now. You'll be paying Y later. Let me know if you have any questions. A lot of people will end up paying, not a lot of people, I, I need to check out the breakdown exactly. Some people will pay less. Mm -hmm. If you're using multiple forms already, you will probably be paying less now. So our best customers will probably see a little bit of a drop in, in their charges. Uh, the people that are on the really old stuff, like the pay what you want thing, or like the old, there used to be a $7 tier for a while, mm -hmm. uh, will be uh, paying more. Interesting. One thing that I'll, I'll note, just uh, I don't know if it's design wise, but you don't have the thing where you highlight one of them. Yeah, it's, it's that's like <laughs> the best top value for your money. Yeah, that's the top Trello card on the. Okay, so you are going to do that. Yeah, that's we're going to do that. For is sure. it uh, freelancer? Is that the is that the best tier? Uh, oh yeah. Okay. You can tell it's the best because it's the second most expensive. But uh, so it's, it's interesting so far. So we launched yesterday. We've had a bunch of people sign up already, and so I did something that uh, was inadvertently, we'll say, brilliant. I'm gonna go with just <laughs> accidental brilliance. Yeah, no, I mean it's it's honestly like uh, probably SaaS 101. But so the big old like create your form button in the header. So we have like a generic call to action, which is like create your form um, mm -hmm. that shows up, and if you click that, it puts you on the personal plan. Hmm. Um, and also, like we we sort of de-emphasize that solo plan. So right. now, if you if you click the big button or if you just look at the main tiers, you're going to pay us at least nineteen dollars a month. Yep. So I'm actually seeing pretty close to the same number of signups per day, but they're signing up for the nineteen dollar plan as opposed to the nine dollar plan. Interesting. Yeah. Well, they're signing up for the trial. Correct. At this point, yes. Yeah. You're. Uh, did you have a trial before? Have mm -hmm. you always had a trial? Mm -hmm. So no trial before. Okay. So your form started in like sandbox mode. So at this point, you have no. Uh, if I'm not mistaken, this is new enough that you've seen no one convert Correct. from trial to... This is like two days old. Okay. Uh, so it'll be actually like two more recordings before you see trial to paid conversion rate, which is Correct. an interesting... Like I don't have that conversion rate in Upcase, but I've heard a lot of people talk about that in the SaaS world, and it seems to be a thing. You've now introduced that into your uh, pricing mechanics, which will be a fun new thing. Well, right. And because it's me, I'm actually thinking about changing the pricing already. <laughs> wow, that happened quick. <laughs> so I watched a really good talk. So Jason Cohen uh, gave a really amazing talk at MicroConf in mm -hmm. 2013. He's the uh, Smart Bear blog yep. guy. You know him? Yep. Uh, he runs WP Engine now. And he said that WP Engine has had really good results uh, from switching from a free trial to a 60-day money-back guarantee. And it's one of those like judo things where it's like yeah. you actually are paying kind of more 
or like more you're paying earlier but people were happier right it's like oh i have more time to evaluate it and, and like the reality is like there is a 60-day money-back guarantee on form people like if you were like hey i, I signed up but i actually didn't use the last two months can i yep. please have a refund i would almost definitely give it to you yeah so it's like why don't we talk about that and I don't know. Let, let's let's sidestep this whole like what's my conversion rate through the trial thing and just charge right away. And then if people don't get value from it, I'm happy to give them their money back. One other thing that I've seen in that is a credit card upfront. Right now, you are a credit card upfront. You are upfront for sure. Let's see. So I see a form that allows me to add some account information and create an account. Mm-hmm. I'm not live at that point. Mm-mm. What's the okay? I'm in sandbox mode. That sort of thing. So you give us your email password, and then we ask you for a credit card. It's the next page the next that screen. I would go to. Yeah, we just okay. put the, the sign up into two gotcha. screens. Um, yeah, so I, I like that. Um, that that you know makes it a little more real. Hopefully, that will mean that the trial to conversion, uh, trial to paid conversion rate is higher than it would have been. Yeah. Otherwise. Um, well, this is all, well. Congratulations on getting this live. Thanks. This is a, a thing that's been in the works for a while. Mm-hmm. Um, so, coming back to a conversation that we had a long time ago, uh, the goal here was to get to testing. That's my, in, in the sense of, so you were saying pricing feels like the thing, this was way back when, you feel like pricing is the thing that's most out of whack. Features, they uh-huh. seem like they're good, mm-hmm. everything else is in place, so pricing felt like the thing. The ember removal kind of went in front of that, that happened. We now have a whole bunch of pricing here, mm-hmm. but it seems like you've kind of uh, solidified on these tiers, on the on the positioning of them. Well, how do we test this? What's what's the game plan right now? And you were talking about you already maybe even want to change the prices. Mm-hmm. I but feel like you should just be going crazy and testing this rather than saying you have any, like, these are the four pricing tiers and that's that. When you say test, are you talking like A-B test? Uh, yeah. Yeah, I think that would be what I am describing here. I think basically you should be running a sequence of A-B tests as quickly as you can on this page. You've now created the machinery to have multiple tiers of pricing. And I don't think it's safe to assume that you got it right on this first pass. Yeah, Not totally. to say that there's anything wrong with your thinking on it, but we tend as humans to be bad at this stuff. So I would prefer that you're in a mode of testing. And so here's the first pass. Let's get to statistical significance, figure some stuff out, do another iteration. I am totally thinking of this as V0 okay. of pricing. There actually was a fair amount of research that went into this. Uh, I talked to a bunch of customers and got feedback on that. So these numbers are not pulled out of the air exactly mm-hmm. uh, but I, I have a lot of things I want to try I want to remove the solo plan I want to bump up like prices I want to try a guarantee versus the trial mm-hmm. so to me uh, I think I'm in the same mindset which is like not like oh pricing's done now mm-hmm. it's like pr- okay we now have the machinery in place to to work on pricing right basically the pricing is roughly the right shape now it's trial let's tweak all the variables yep and I like the idea that you have kind of a, a sequence of tests that you want to run so you just kind of delineated a few of them uh, and I imagine that there's more rolling around in your head but well i guess we should probably just talk about whatever what else is going on in your world not much this has been this has been the big thing this okay is where the the push has been so my my takeaway now you've, you've got this live this was two days ago that's awesome mm-hmm. you now have a bunch of tests that you want to run on top of this you want to figure some stuff out hopefully this kind of framework this four tier with the hidden fifth tier mm-hmm. that will work out well there's some tests that you want to run, but those tests inherently have a, a uh, you set it, you let it run for a little while, and you can't be running multiple of them at the same time. I don't think you have the traffic to support that. I don't know. I don't know if we have the traffic to support, to support testing as a general strategy on this page. Really? Yeah. Hmm. Like, That's I'm not, interesting. I'd have to look at the numbers, but I have, I mean, it feels like we're at a position, well, I guess it depends on how, how the conversion rate looks from the landing page to starting a trial. Yeah, I, I feel like I would need a couple hundred conversions to trial like per month to run maybe a test a month. So 
I guess my thinking would be then let's get some more people to visit the site. Let's switch over to a conversion, to an SEO, to a building out hmm. content. We had talked a bit back about Form Keep should have just a lot of great content about building forms, responsive forms and Ajax forms, uh, and just really be pushing those hard. Uh, like I think you have a blog, right? We yes, do. you have a blog. The blog is not linked to. Yeah, I just noticed that. Oh my God. So I think there's, I think the pricing stuff is great. This is in place now. Uh, If you can't test it, then that feels like a real limitation. So let's get some more people into the site so that you're in a position Hmm. to test it in the future. It's interesting. Because I think it's hard to say anything else right now, right? Like, are you going to be able to tell me in two weeks if this was better or worse? If you're telling me not that many people, I mean, you will because you'll have like the hard number, the raw Mm -hmm. MRR change, Mm -hmm. but. You've got a trial in there. You've got a whole bunch of new things. You've got a lot of variables that you just introduced. It's an interesting thing, I think. Hmm. And also, I think you've put a lot of effort into this. A lot of time has gone into working out this pricing stuff. If you feel like you've got a good V0, I would suggest backing away from pricing for a little while, letting that, I know it's your favorite, mm-hmm. <laughs> but backing away from it and moving on to, say, content or if there are features, if there are things that your top tier customer is asking for and you don't have right now, maybe consider focusing on development of those. Mm-hmm. Um, it sounds like the opposite of what you just said. In which way? Uh, it sounded like you were saying test a bunch of things and now it sounds like you're saying do other things. Well, from what you're telling me, you don't have the budget to test in the sense of like eyeballs coming to this page. I'm not sure. Yeah, I'd have to look into it, I guess. I'm it's- not sure how long a test would take to reach significance. So if you do have a test, if you do have a significant enough uh, group of people coming through here, then I would suggest setting up a test Mm -hmm. and then letting it run and Mm -hmm. still backing away. If you don't, I would suggest backing away and trying to get more people coming through this page. In either case, I think this has gotten to a great place. It's it's much better. It's much closer to the ideal that you've envisioned. Mm -hmm. So let's let that be for a little while and move on to other aspects of it. Yeah. The moving on to other aspects was my first instinct. Was was or was not? Was. Okay. So there's a lot of things I want to tweak here, but I I do feel like it's you know so much closer to where I want it to be mm-hmm. that it could be that my best effort is spent somewhere else. In the sense of 80-20, uh, pricing was out of whack. Yep. I think you've brought pricing way closer. At least you have a first pass at mm-hmm. that, and you can now let that run. Mm-hmm. But I think you have to let it run. You have to find out. Yeah. And that needs to sit for a little while and kind of... Stew. I think even if I don't run an, an actual A/B test, doing like cohort tests, roughly. Mm. So like my my plan was okay. I'm curious what happens with this trial versus guarantee thing. Yep. So let's gather two weeks of people coming in, or maybe a, maybe a month, honestly. Mm. Like two two weeks of people coming in and then converting it versus not, and then next next month let's start that thing and see what the let's start the uh, guarantee thing. I don't know. It's interesting. But, I remember in the past you've tried to talk me out of time series interrupted to- testing. Totally. I mean they're kind of bullshit. Um, yeah, and you, they, you, they have complexity to them. Uh, I mean, they're kind of they're kind of bullshit. They kind of tell you nothing in a way, right? It's like it could just be that our, this traffic is different than the other one, and we don't know. So then, why do it? Um, ben, I think you need more traffic, and I think I that should probably traffic? be your your focus now, I'm since you got pricing sh- to a better place. Hmm. Not, I don't know if I, I, can, I don't know. So my initial my in, my instinct was to um, gather some data and then come back and see what happens. Mm-hmm. Um, and while I'm doing that to switch to activation, okay, because I believe there's a strong correlation between people actually having success with the product yep. and sticking around through the trial, because now there's this we now have this uh, audition phase where it's like okay the clock is ticking yeah if I don't have someone have a successful experience quickly yep. they're they're going to cancel 
Yeah, and I definitely I had some thoughts in a previous episode that we chatted about as to uh, what a different activation adventure might look like. In general, I think pricing is kind of the uh, landing to paying user conversion. You did a lot of work there. I think there's room to move on to some of the other layers. Like I think you got the 80 of this, and you'll revisit it certainly. But I think some other aspects of it need some attention, deserve some attention. Hmm. Yeah, I'm 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 torn. It's interesting because pricing is such a big lever mm-hmm. that it may be that yes, I've done like the first step on the pricing, but it may be that like, oh, actually, it turns out we can add fifty percent to all these numbers and it still works, kind of thing. Yeah, but I mean, at some point, you've spent. About how long would you estimate you've been, quote unquote, working on pricing now? Uh, a few weeks. A few weeks. Yeah. Uh, Three weeks, maybe. It's at least a month, because that's the last time we talked. But it was before that, because the Ember thing was kind of, it wasn't to do that, but it was to get you into a position where that could happen. Yeah. I think it's it's a good amount of time. Definitely. And so per your question earlier, like the, the value of time, that's a, that's a bunch of money and time that went into that. Yeah. Uh, and if you think there's that this still remains the highest leverage thing that you can do and that there's there's enough available because you've definitely honed this. Mm-hmm. So it's a question of can you continually hone this and mm-hmm. is this the best place to apply it? Mm-hmm. Things like linking up your blog and getting other content on here I think could be really helpful. Uh, like if you search for form endpoint, does form keep win right now? I don't know. It's a thing worth knowing and a thing probably worth investing some time in. So, I mean, I can't say for certain because i do I'm, win, by the way. Awesome. That's good. That is a very good thing to have. Mm-hmm. Uh, you do talk about it a lot. It's said in a lot of the pages. Mm. Um, but anyway, that's that's my thinking as an outsider from mm-hmm. here. If you're inside of this and you're saying, you know what, it still feels like pricing. Mm-hmm. There's a lot more for me to work in here. Mm-hmm. Uh, but I feel like a significant amount of work has gone in. And if you can't be testing, then the lack of certainty that you have in mm-hmm. any actions that you take in here, feel like you're kind of just messing around. Yeah, I kind of agree with that. Maybe that is the right attitude to take. I, I'm, I'm making myself a note to, to sort of, I'd like to run some calculations and mm-hmm. see, like I actually don't even know what the traffic is to this page right, right now, honestly. That would be a nice test to have running. Because the nice thing about that is that you start it and then go do other stuff, which is kind of what I we're yep. talking about anyway. So I can kind of yes. do both if I, yeah. if, if I do have the traffic to pull it off. Yeah, I certainly agree with the idea that you should be continually iterating, continually thinking on pricing. But I think at this point, you're at a place where you kind of let it run for a little while, revisit in two weeks, four weeks, whatever your traffic will allow, basically. Yeah. Uh, and while you're doing that, you can be investing in getting more people in or converting more people from trial to paid or getting more people engaged and adding more forms or whatever else it is that mm-hmm. can move the other numbers here. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Okay. I hear that. I had a, a, a really nice experience today, this morning, where someone converted from one of our old cheap plans to one of our new expensive plans. Nice. It was like someone was paying us like $1 a month and then they moved to the personal plan. So they're paying us $19 a month. Someone was already on the personal plan, upgraded to the freelancer plan. So it was like, oh, 40 more dollars of MRR. Just pow. Those are nice. It's pretty cool. I'm feeling pretty good about things though. That's awesome. Mm-hmm. So yeah, like you said, MRR is continuing to move in the right direction. Anything else uh, of interest to chat about here? I published another guide, by the way, like how to add a contact form in Middleman, which, mm-hmm. is like kind of, which has actually been a decent source for us on the Jekyll thing. So we have like a how to publish a contact form in Jekyll, yep. and we're the first result on Google, and it's linked to from the Jekyll docs. Yeah, and, I love these. And these so I added great. another one that's like, hey, if you're using Middleman, we do that too. Just adding the content, plus like, you know, our blog gets a post every week and all that, hopefully helping SEO stuff and yada yada. So yeah, it seems, feels like the engines are turning at a decent rate, and now I want to tune them and get them to turn turn faster but things are good cool yeah uh should we do we have other stuff to talk about 
Uh, nope, I think we can wrap it up. It's been about an hour. It has. We've well been chatting a bunch. Shut up so. and get out of here. Sounds I had a good. funny day the, the day where I spent the morning writing a whole bunch of code and then got the poll reviewed and uh, pushed it and realized it was the wrong thing to do and then reverted it and then deleted even more code. <laughs> and so basically, like yesterday, I wrote negative 30 lines of code. Those are good days. I wrote a bunch and then I ended up deleting way more than I'd written. It was pretty awesome. Programming. Uh, Want to go through our questions? Sure. All right, cool. I'm curious if people enjoy listening to the questions that we do every week. I'm not sure. Like, it feels helpful for me to think about those things every time, but I wonder if that segment is like kind of like the boring one that people skip. Yeah, I'd be fine with uh, doing that offline. Well, I guess what I'm saying is I would like you, dear listeners, to tell us if yes. you like it or if you don't like it. I've heard anecdotally both sides, okay. so uh, let's get a little more data. Yes, so please hit us on Twitter uh, and let us know what you think. Uh, why is the product better for your customers than it was last week? Uh, looking at actually the whole month uh, since we've last right. chatted. Yes. Uh, sure. Basically, it's a bunch of new content. So we have four weekly iterations that have come out in that time, as well as the new advanced active record course. This is the first hybrid trail where we have videos and exercises. Nice. Uh, lots of good stuff there. So happy about that. Cool. What have you done to acquire more customers since last week? Uh, particularly the content launch, uh, yep. but not too much beyond that. So there's definitely some work to be done there in the coming weeks. Keep saying last week. Uh, what did you do well? Getting Gabe up to speed, getting someone else in the project was huge. And I think the corollary to that of introducing and documenting processes and making this a little bit more of a systematic project than a ad hoc, how I feel that day project. <laughs> yes. Huge improvements all around. Cool. What did you do less well that you should reduce slash inject? Uh, this continues to be true, but hopefully is getting better. It took too long to produce, launch, and market the course, but hopefully these uh, the aforementioned systems and bringing Gabe in will help with all of that. Mm -hmm. uh, and thus far, that seems to be holding, so mm -hmm. excited. Cool. Uh, what do you have to do by next time? By next time, I would like to push through. I have a whole checklist of marketing tasks for the Advanced Active Record course, so I want to go through those, maybe figure out a few others, uh, mm -hmm. but definitely push on that pretty hard. Uh, we have a backlog of tasks around conversion rate and SEO stuff, uh, adding some page titles, meta descriptions, uh, mm -hmm. updating the header. So when you're on the site and you're not logged in, what do you see on the header? Mm -hmm. What is in? There's this big menu that shows kind of all of the content, a, a summary of everything. Uh, so there's just some uh, data-oriented cleanups of all of those based on the traffic that we've seen and click-through rates and the content that people are interested in. Uh, so hoping to push through that, and that actually rounds out kind of our, our big push on all of those fronts. So that's when I'll hope to transition to onboarding and retention and activation and things like that. But so hoping to push through that next week. And lastly, support recording our next trail. That will also happen next week. Uh, what is your MRR? We are at 34,098, which is slightly down slash slightly up. It's hard to know the numbers. I think bare metrics changes. Like, they tell you a number, and then if there are refunds that happen retroactively, I think they'll remove them from a date. Interesting. Uh, so depending on how you count, we're either up $98 in MRR or down about $200 in MRR from really? a month ago. Yeah, uh, I look at, you know, the number I wrote down the last time we talked, and that's what I have. So I don't know. We're either flat or down, uh, which is not awesome because it's been a month. But, you know, we talked about that. It's yep. a thing. Cool. We'll hopefully improve it. So, Ben, uh, how's your product better for your subscribers? Um, so after we shipped the pricing thing, uh, I have, we have been doing a little bug mash because mm -hmm. we paused everything until pricing was done. Yep. So there are a lot of little edge casey things that were failing or causing exceptions or whatnot that are, we're, we're currently fixing, which is nice. We also style our emails a lot 
better than before. That's nice. <laughs> just a small thing, like the emails that are going out look look good as opposed to terrible. Are those marketing or app emails? App e- uh, they're like, um, you got a new submission. Transactional or, stuff. Yeah, transactional yeah. stuff. Okay. Uh, and the pricing, honestly, I think for people is actually going to be better. Like it lets them use FormKeep as a, in a different way. So they're not like being penalized for every form they add. It's right. more like, hey, you can actually just rely on this as your standard solution for how do you create a backend for form data, which right. is actually happening. I had a call with somebody the other day. Nice. From like a fairly large organization that were like, they said like, we're going to make you our standard answer to how do we do this in apps. And I was like, I love you. <laughs> <laughs> that sounds awesome. Pay me all the money. Uh, what did you do to get more subscribers? Um, I published that middleman guide mm-hmm. and that's about it. All right. I'm also going to email, I mean, I'm contacting all our customers, current customers, and mm-hmm. then we'll probably also contact everyone who I have an email address for to say, hey, we have this new pricing thing, so you should check us out again. Right. Like that. That's later, though. What did you do well? The focus, I think, has been pretty good. I've been basically creating an in Trello for like the for Ember thing and for this pricing thing. I've just been saying, like, pause everything, mm-hmm. and I make a new column, and it's like, everything is paused until this column happens which is the pricing or the ember or whatever right and i've been pretty good about like keeping my focus on the one thing i have shiny object syndrome a little bit i like to do new things and so these projects that take like a month to get done or many months to get done are hard but uh been been, like pretty consistently focused on them it's amazing that you've got shiny object syndrome but yet you really want to stick to the pricing and hang out there uh it's still shiny it's It's the shiny it's still shiny yes uh what did you do poorly that you could improve so I am sort of a one-man team. Mm-hmm. I've been pulling people on ad hoc onto the project. Uh, I could be better about pulling people on. Like I'm sure we have available people that yeah. if I was like, hey, do you want to work on a form keep thing? They would say yes. This was particularly clear to me when I went on vacation and I had support covered, but that was the only thing that happened. Mm-hmm. So like, if you emailed support, you got an answer, yep. but nothing moved forward on the app. And like pricing wasn't deployed at that point. And it's like if I had been better prepared and done a little more pre-planning uh, i could have probably had multiple people honestly working on form keep while i was gone yep so more of that sounds good or less of that would be good yeah uh what are your plans for next time well um uh, i'm gonna investigate this uh this t- pricing test thing i like to s- i like i think i would like to have some sort of a b test like a legit a b test running yep. for pricing and after that i'm not 100 percent sure uh, it's probably either going to be the on the activation stuff, like mm-hmm. trying to, to start, get a test going for improving um, trial conversion rates, or turning my attention to the marketing side of things, like you you mentioned. Sounds good. Mm-hmm. Uh, what's your MRR down or up for last time? Uh, we were up five percent to five thousand three hundred and eighty-four dollars. Very nice. Yes. All right. Well, it's been a pleasure, Ben. Yeah, you too. Today's show was produced and edited by the one, the only, the beautiful, the talented, Tom, the tool man, Obarski. If you'd like to access the show notes for this episode, you can go to giantrobots.fm slash 187. Thanks for listening.